The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello and welcome to the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison. Now today we're lucky enough to have with us Peter Malone, the CEO of Skin Elements, the ASX code for that SKN. Now Skin Elements is a natural skincare company. The website says dedicated to designing and formulating natural, organic health and wellness products for the global market. Peter, welcome. Really, really glad to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here, Oriel. Now, Peter, you've had, what, 30 years of experience in global financial markets. How does that put you where you are today? How did you end up running Skin Elements? Well, listen, that's uh, been a bit of a career path of mine in the last uh, over 20 years now in recent times, looking at developing innovative entrepreneurial type of projects. Uh, One of my uh, projects has been historically in the technology space, and we've taken a project that was sort of a startup in Australia about uh, 20 years ago to an over $2 billion listed company in the US. And uh, this is the next phase of my career, which is in skin, which is taking the same type of trajectory. Small startup. We spent 10 years growing it in, in an incubator sense. Uh, it's very, very strong in the antimicrobial uh, technology space with natural ingredients. And uh, this is targeted to go the same path. That's my my skill set. Of course, earlier, if you want to go back a bit before that, I was down at the University of West Australia doing an MBA in early years. And the, all the talk about was technology, innovation. And uh, the biggest question was how to value it. And really, that's when I started getting involved. So it's, it's been quite a career path. It's a, it's quite a career path, but that's still a question that's being asked today, isn't it? How do you value it? Exactly, and that's the uh, and part of what I sort of fairly get a fairly good understanding of how to get the value into these projects. Um, the reality is, and this is interesting, the reality is really at the end of the day, don't back anyone who hasn't done it before. That's my advice because it's so difficult to luck it in. 90% of startups and these type of projects don't get lucked in. They get uh, brought together because the people have experience. And uh, that's that's one of my clear kind of understandings of this history of working in the startup, particularly the entrepreneurial um, and innovation space where you're building something from scratch. There's not one of these around yet, and you're going to put together the first one of them. That's a, bit, that's a bit sad, isn't it, for all those budding entrepreneurs out there that haven't done it before but believe that they can? Well, it means they're going to make a few, they're going to trip along the way first. Hmm. It just means it's like anything. You become maybe an expert pilot if you've flown many planes. Hmm. Um, you become an expert footballer if you've played many games. It's, a, it's just same trick. It's not you don't luck it in and win it through uh, unless you're very, very lucky. It's, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I, you, you talked about that original company that, that you uh, took over a period of 
of years to a startup to a to a significantly sized company. And um, you you've done a lot of work raising money for tech companies specifically. So how does that tech experience fit into the role that you're in now? The tech experience is really a learning curve. You do that as a day job, and you understand what it takes to raise the funds, and you over time collectively get that experience. So it takes a while, but it's something that uh, really happens over a long period of time. So what has that experience brought to the table with skin elements? It basically allows me to understand better the process we're going through to get the product commercialised. Um, so, so really, in a, in a, in a nutshell, you, you understand the process, you understand the uh, issues you've got to go through as you go through that process. And you get a fairly good understanding of how long that process is going to be. Now, you've recently, um, if we focus in on skin elements itself, you've recently closed an equity facility deal for around $20 million. Um, That seems to put you in a position where you're fully funded at least for the next few years. That must be a pretty, a pretty good place to be from a business standpoint. Yeah, that's sort of the, uh, the catalyst that allows us, as you say, to get going. Uh, the facility with... LDA, which has been reported to ASX, is, uh, allows the company to draw $20 million from LDA as the funder and uh, sell our shares to them. And it's based around a uh, whatever the market price average for a period of a month is. And that allows us to then draw funds as we need to really back the project we're now entering. Well, you are planning on using these funds, or certainly the majority of these funds, for your new COVID-19 disinfectant and shield. So, so talk to us a bit about that. The uh, COVID-19 program has basically come out, of course, come out of the COVID period, but uh, the actual research for the product started probably 10 years earlier in the sense that that's what our learning curve as a company came into being with the antimicrobial understanding of how to keep natural formulas safe essentially out of the fridge for two or three years at a time. So we started with different types of products we used in the testing programs in the early years. We looked at some of the different types of ingredients around the world that do this type of job for us that are not synthetic chemicals. Uh, As you probably understand, synthetic chemicals can have some very difficult issues with the human body, particularly some of the stronger chemicals. And in the COVID world, well, the strongest chemicals are seriously um, uh, very strong against the human body, and therefore, at the end of the day, they become quite difficult to accommodate. So it's part of the process we've got now is developing a very, very clean and safe product to use fighting the viral issues. And uh, that product, the, uh, the Shield Super Cover, is based out of a full plant-based formulation. And the interesting thing is the uh, it's in at the TGA at the moment getting tested, um, and we, we have a regular communique, communique with the TGA essentially every month understanding where it's going. I mean, the, the vaccine program, of course, is taking precedence. And we wait, uh, and we get bits and pieces of uh, program development each month. But I think uh, that will show the world that plants are as strong as some of the strongest, most severe chemicals that are operating today in this space. 
which is which is pretty impressive, really, or very impressive. When do you expect to receive TGA approval, given the situation with COVID, the rapidly changing nature of the virus, the mutations and so forth, which seems to indicate that the vaccine, the progress of vaccines is going to continue to be as important for some time to come? Yeah, good question, Ariel. Uh, the upshot is we don't absolutely know. But what we do know is that it's been fairly well prosecuted across the different tests we've put in. We believe that uh, it's fairly well down the track of uh, getting assessed in terms of what has to be done from the standpoint of the TGA. We understand that they have uh, a very extensive and, and heavily detailed program with the vaccines, of course, and, and we have to accommodate that in our time frame. So though we'd like to, in different periods, be looking at a different time frame, uh, this period is what it is. And again, our product is you know, a feature of this period as well. You know, we, we've come up with developing the essentially the disinfecting product to keep everybody safe from the viruses. And if that's an understanding of of some importance to the world, then we want to make sure that uh, obviously the TJ get everything right and they take the time necessary before we release it. Same same token though, uh, we're ready to go now if the TJ approval comes out now. So in a in a parallel position, we're getting ready for the battle to launch our product globally. And we're just waiting for the starters gun to give us the clearance. Once you've got that TGA approval, what sort of approvals are needed elsewhere? You, you've talked about you talked about globally. I mean, do you need to get FDA approval in the US or the EMA in, in Europe? Um, do you need those approvals as well before you send your product overseas? Yes, you do. And that's the the unfortunate fact about the world at the moment. There's no cross world criteria that's acceptable. Every country. Because of the stringency of these type of products, every country wants the ability to assess and approve. And uh, having said that, there are certain countries and a more significant number every day that are taking the Australian approvals as being very much the gold standard. And uh, if it's passed Australian TGA, then it's essentially sometimes grandfathered in to another country's program because of the TGA approval. But at the end of the day, though, it's the control and approvals of the other countries that everyone has to still get. Peter, is it this product that's going to take skin elements into that $20 billion range that you were talking about earlier? Look, at the end of the day, we, we look at the world and we say, what's the most important thing to us today? Um, I used to think it was developing the country's infrastructure, getting people up and running. Uh, but... We've seen it come back a long way. It's now keeping people alive. It's a basic function now, keeping people safe. Things that probably were taken for granted in the past in Western countries particularly. And uh, what this product does, it keeps you virally safe in a very, very different world going forward now. So if you have a office, a house, a car, you live in a boat, you need to disinfect those spaces. And disinfecting those spaces is problematic with products we've had to date. 
If I disinfect my room with benzalkonium chloride, strong chlorides, if I use hydrogen peroxides, strong bleaches, uh, these are toxic-based ingredients. They're not safe to the human body. They're not safe to live in a building that's deep-cleaned every week and fogged every night because of systemic issues that come from living in those spaces day in, day out, week in, week out, are toxic. So at the end of the day, and it's not even so much as hiding from the office and sitting at home. Home becomes a function of the risk as well. At the end of the day, you need something safe to use. And the plant-based products are organic. The human body can cope with the organic ingredients. The organic ingredients in our supercover shield are so significant that they destroy the COVID virus. And uh, we're waiting for the government, TJ, to approve what level that product lives with. Uh, we saw some early tests last year coming out of London, which gave us a heads up that we had a very, very good formula. I think the formula's even got better over the period of the last 12 months as we've added to it. So I think the biggest issue going forward globally is allowing people to do what they do and get on with their life and get on with their life safely. And if we do that with our product, it's a significant upside for us. So does this mean, Peter, that you are, you've talked before about a pivot towards disinfectant product products. Is this, can this also be seen as a pivot away from your natural creams or is this going to go hand in hand with that strategy? Yeah, no, Ariel, it's hand in hand. It, it's basically the, um, the other products are all wonderful products. And they've all got exceptional opportunities. I mean, it's a bit difficult with the, the shopping and selling and retailing programs at the moment that we've been through in the last 24 months. But they are very strong products in their own right because they live outside the fridge or in the air all day and they're safe to use one, two, three years after they've been opened. Yet they're all natural, organic products. So the, the antimicrobial product inside those products, which is the basis also to what's in the Supercover product, are really the base of what the company does and what it's spent over a decade learning and understanding and testing. So when you look back a bit, what have we done? We've sat in a lab in West Perth, Australia, and then we've decided to take on a project. The project's taken three years for us to assess whether we think we'll do it or we won't do it. So it takes a fairly long period to understand whether you want to jump into it. We jump in, we go around Australia and we talk to probably 30 different labs and researchers in the space. We then travel around the world and we start testing our ideas. We bring products into the US and we go and talk to the black shorts out in Hawaii and test it in a, surf, in a, in a sunscreen in the surf. We then jump on a plane and go into Fresh and Wild in the UK. We take it to the Fresh and Wild guys who are retailing these type of products and talk to them in the early days, what do you see in this product? What do you need? What does the product have to caper? And the overarching issue is it has to be able to meet use-by dates of anything chemical, synthetic chemical. So you can't have it, I've got a great new bread-making facility I've got for argument and the bread lasts for six hours out of the, in the air before it goes mouldy. That doesn't cut it if the rest of the bread takes week to go mouldy. So in this space, 
most of the creams and most of the very good creams and most of the anti-aging creams and the special cosmetics are all part of our package. If they last for years, then our products essentially got to last for years as well. Now, years is, can be designed around the life of what's in the jar or the tube, and that gives us the ability to say if a tube runs out in 24 months from average use, well, obviously 36 months is a good period to cover it to. If it runs out in 12 months because the sunscreen, well, a good, good period to cover is two years. So as long as it meets that criteria, you've got a chance to launch it. You can't launch a, a good example is Tesla. You can't launch a car engine technology that gives you less power and less results than what's the incumbent already doing in the street. Yep. And, and yep. this is where we sit. We've come into the market with this understanding over a decade ago and a lot of research. And after $25 million and those that decade of work, we've now come up with a range of products which are ready to be released and, and the other products as well. I mean, the, the range of therapeutics we've got are significant. Uh, the creams that start getting sunburn are significant. Uh, they're in a COVID block at the moment because of just retailing, but they'll come out and hopefully start to see the the world at large in 2022. Yep. And, and yep. now, basically, just looking at the actual antimicrobial base and developing that as a product in itself to disinfect the space we live in so we can get on with our job of working and doing what we do best without the worry and risk of viral issues going forward. Mm, and that is huge. That is incredibly um, significant. Um, Peter, alongside those um, few things that you mentioned, your, your cosmetics range, your sunscreens this year, um, obviously Shield, hugely important to the future of the company. Um, what, what, what is next for you? I mean, what does the next 12 months look like? Uh, very much with the Invisi Super Cover Program. That's definitely, uh, it's, it's in the space. People will be coming out of, like they're all, we've all been hermits in a way, hidden away and packaged up and trying to keep safe. People start coming out with the ability to be safe. They'll have these products that they can use in their space wherever they work and spray it or wipe their desk and they've got a day's cover on their desk from an antiviral outbreak. Uh, anything comes into the space, it's killed immediately because of the, the product in the air. So there's a lot of scope for the antiviral product. And antivirals, I think, I was only talking to a couple of guys this morning before it came on, and the, uh, you know, every, we used to think every single house globally and building, steel was important, steel was the way to go. People who could make steel or have the raw materials for steel were gonna do very well. Well, there's one thing before you get your house safe, if a house built, is the house safe? Mm. And we thought about it and thought, hey, this is actually broader than we're thinking. This is broader than steel. This is keeping you safe. And it's mm. a global application. It's not limited to Australia. Yeah. It's only limited to approvals, and that's a process of going through the – and as you get one or two approvals like Australia and a few others, it becomes yep. a lot easier, of course. So I think it is very persuasive yep. where this product is. It's certainly an incredibly interesting journey. Uh, Peter, we'll be watching Skill Elements and yourself very, very closely to see how you progress, and we'd love to chat to you again in a few months' time. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks very much, Cheryl. Much appreciate the chance to talk to you.
Peter Malone with us there. And thanks, of course, to all of our listeners, all of our supporters. You are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Catch you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.